I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. How are you feeling after that all-star hangover, Isaac Harris? I mean, I wouldn't say it's a hangover. I mean, it, there wasn't nothing to... You're still to, hung up on that Diallo dunk? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I haven't seen too much about it. Um, That's because it just it wasn't it just wasn't as good. It didn't... It didn't attract as much attention as say the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon nobody's talking about it two days later yeah because I think everybody's focused on that uh, one video scout dude's tweet about WNBA players oh my gosh (laughs) okay so we we were briefly talking ratio season is upon us (laughs) we were uh we were briefly um talking about this before the pod so this is the dilemma I'm in so I'm, I come home for work, and you know, ever you know, a couple times a month, whatever, and I get home and my grass is mowed, <laughs> like somebody is mowing my grass, and like not only mowing my grass, but they're like weed eating the and like hedging and everything, like the sidewalk. It looks great, like better than what I do it, <laughs> but but you don't know. Who it is. I don't know who it is, and I don't like. I have my own mower and weeder and everything, and, and like I, I normally do it, but and it's so, not your landlord, right? Like it's not like they. No, it's it nothing in your like lease or anything. No, like there's nothing, uh, nothing, and so my, my wife and I were just like, "Oh, this is pretty cool," and I like make jokes about it. But what do I do? What else, What is there to do? Like, should I? Like, I don't even know who I would tell. Do I leave a note on my door at all times? Yeah, it's like, do you just, keep, do you just keep it happen? Like, just keep letting it happen? Because it's not like you can stop them. You, you, you're not there to catch them in the act ever. Yes, that's the thing. I've never seen the people. Um, but if I pull up and they are mowing, do I say anything? I have a theory. I have a theory about this. <laughs> I have a theory, too. Let's see if we have the same theory. All right, you give your theory first because mine's probably crazier than yours. Okay, so there's a there's a street next to mine. This is really done by the people who designed our streets, but uh, like the name of my street is something. And then the, I was gonna say, are you just- <laughs> and then and then uh, it's like something drive. And then there's a street there. Literally, the street next to uh, next to me is the same name of the street except it's Circle. And they had the same like oh, numbers, so like Park Circle or like Park Drive or something like that. Sure, yeah, and it's yeah. right beside each other, and they have like same number of houses. So what I think is <laughs> somebody is somebody that does not live in the house is paying like a lawn care company. Hey, mow this uh, this address, and they're <laughs> it's supposed to be for Circle, and I'm on Drive. So, but they're thinking that this is for the Circle, and and so they're mowing it. But I'm like, at some point, somebody has to like I don't know, report back and be like. Hey, like my grass is not being mowed or like something, but I'm just well, my, I'm not complaining. My grandmother takes care of um, a a Chinese man's house when he goes back to China. He'll go back to China for like eight months, you know, something crazy like that. But he has a house here, so he comes and you know, stays there and does business there and stuff like that. And so she has somebody take care of that that lawn, and the guy's not there for eight months out of the year. Some, I mean, this time, this last time, he's out, you know, a full year, full twelve months. He's not living in the house. She had to like replace an air conditioning unit and stuff for him because it was broken. Dang. And so it could be a thing like that where this guy, this guy has no idea because he doesn't live there. Somebody else taking care of the house. 
Uh, He's like paying somebody. This is my theory, though. Uh Uh-oh. It's one of you guys. It's a listener. A listener has, over the course of our 400-plus shows, listened to every single one and gathered these pieces, little things from the raccoon story, from all these little things, and they figured out where you live, and they're just trying to do you a solid because they love the show. I, I get home, there's like a little note, me like locked on Mavs. Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, bless your soul. There's like a little stuffed raccoon on the, on the, oh my on gosh. the front patio, just like waving. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, anyway, uh, oh, I'm just yeah. going to continue to let it happen because, yeah, hey, awesome. what do you do? You can't let not, them, you can't stop them. Exactly. I'm not complaining. All right, today what we're going to get to on the podcast is we're going to do some big questions. I think Isaac has five big questions about the Mavericks going forward. And then um, possibly tomorrow we'll do five more big questions if, if the questions I came up with don't all overlap. So we're talking about the Mavericks looking forward. We're, everything's in the past now. All that stuff is in the past. The All-Star Weekend's in the past. We're looking forward, looking forward to the rest of the season because there's some more basketball. The Mavericks have 25 more games to play. And so we wanted to break some of this down and see what things we're trying to look for the rest of the season while we have some days off. So Isaac, give me your first question. Oh my gosh. So, well, uh, to preface this, uh, we were kind of debating on what we wanted to pod about today. And Nick was like, Hey, let's uh, come up with uh, big questions for the rest of the season. So when you, when you say what is uh, one big question, I wouldn't say this is like a massive, massive question, but I pretty much just looked at the roster and said, what are some questions that I personally want answered or what the franchise might want answered? Uh, by the last game of the season bigness and, is relative there's boban big and then there's like a slice <laughs> of of key lime pie big you know what i mean <laughs> yes yes i know you what can you have mean. a big slice of key lime pie but it's not gonna look anything like it's still gonna look very tiny in boban's hands <laughs> um so my first one because there's only so many people that's uh pretty interesting on this roster i guess wow um, but wow shots fired at the interestingness <laughs> of this roster no well okay so my last question is more of a general question about the roster but the first one we talk <laughs> it's about your last question are there any interesting players on this? <laughs> um the first one is dealing with dorian finney smith Mm. Uh, because when we look at this roster, they're uh, like two of the vital pieces of the roster is Dorian and Maxi, and uh, these young guys that the Mavericks have developed are both un- undrafted, been on the team for a couple years, and now they're going to hit restricted free agency together. And we think, along with people around the league, that they're going to get some interest from some other teams, and rightfully so. What I want answered over the last 25 games of this season can Dorian Finney-Smith, I almost said junior, because I got used to saying Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, junior. <laughs> can uh, can Finney-Smith be your uh, defender against opposing point guards? Ooh, and that's a good question. Because, because here, here's the deal. We, we all, when everything evolves around Luka, and that has been the thing since before the summer uh, and how we even questioned would Dennis Smith Jr. be on this roster and people hated us since when the season started. And Oh my gosh, Dennis Smith Jr. fans. It's not, you know, it's not like a hive like Derrick Rose fans, but uh, they really came at us hard for a question of that. It's real close though. <laughs> In Mav circles, it felt like, and it was never anything personally against that, but we were just saying it. that is a question that has to be answered. Of playing alongside him but with Finney Smith and his defense we 
I we feel I, I feel like we both feel decently confident that a three and D guy that on the wing like Dorian that you know putting him on guys like you're never gonna stop a Kevin Durant you're never gonna but like putting him on these guys at least you know holding your ground playing good defense um, grooming into like a, a solid Trevor Ariza type of player. It was like I can't remember who said this after the All Star game. It was either Durant or it was a Lillard or somebody like that that said. They were just scoring too easy, you know, in the All Star game. So we had to, we had to not, you know, play crazy defense. Obviously, in the All Star game, we had to make make them take a little bit. They had to take more difficult shots, and that's kind of what you want Adorian Finney Smith to do on guys like Kevin Durant, on guys like Kawhi, Paul George, that just get their shot off no matter what. They're just hardened. They're just always going to be able to get their shot off. Just make life difficult for them. And how difficult can you make it for them? And Dorian Finney Smith can make it pretty difficult for a guy. Yeah, so basically it's like, a, it's like um, who's he going to be moving forward? Is he going to be a Trevor Ariza or a Robert Covington? And I, I say that because you see Covington getting minutes against opposing point guards sometimes because he's yeah. quick enough and he can guard those guys. Trevor Ariza mainly focused on the Durants and the, you know, the threes, fours now, how the league is now. So why that's so important is if Dorian is not the point guard defender, then that has to be a focal point of your offseason of finding that guy alongside of Luca, like a like Nick brings up, like a Pat Beverly type. Uh, if they could ever pry away Marcus Smart from Boston, somebody like that. But if Dorian is then that allows you to go shopping for a more variety of wings that you could, you know, have another guy having two, you know, theoretical type of Dorians on your roster that is so big that can guard point guards and a Durant type too. That those that's huge. So that that's one of my questions. That's a massive question. It's it's huge because the you know Luka Doncic's biggest weakness is going to be his def- is going to be on defense, and so you have to have a guy that can cover up. For whatever position Luca's gonna play on offense. We we talk about positionless basketball and how these guys, you know, on the offensive end, want them to be positionless. Luca can be the point guard in one minute and he can be the four the next minute, or he can be the five the next minute in, you know, in whatever kind of play you're trying to run. He can set screens, he can do all kinds of different things. He can he can, you know, be your playmaker, he can be the guy that finishes and takes the shot, all kinds of different things. But on defense, you also have if you're trying to be as positionless as you can on offense, you're going to have to assign guys to other guys on defense. You're not running the, the Jim Beheim zone over there. Uh, they'll try every once in a while, but they're not going to succeed running that in the NBA. And so with with a guy like Luka who can play all these different positions on offense, he can be positionless. You also have to have some guys on defense that can cover up his inefficiencies. And so Dorian Finney-Smith, can he be that? That's, that's a great question. Um, can he be the guy that, and it's specific, we know he can guard wings. That's definitely yeah. something we know he can do. He's done it since his rookie season. We know he's capable of doing that, but can he be the guy that guards some of these guards? Because I don't think Jalen Brunson's going to be that guy. Jalen Brunson's going to do okay, but he's not going to be your lockdown kind of guy. When you need someone to get a stop, do you want Jalen Brunson? Do you want Dorian Finney-Smith? I mean, what are you, uh, what are you asking Dorian Finney-Smith to do? And can he step up to that? Yeah, because you and you don't want to like. I was going to throw Steph's name out there, but that's kind of unfair because not many people. But Clay does. Him. Clay does that a lot of a lot of the yeah. time. Clay will take the point guards. Yeah, like like the Stephs or the Kimbas or the Kyries, like these guys that right now who's guarding them? Like if they play them right now in in a series, is it Brunson? Is it? Yeah. And that that's where it. When you look at it, if. If Dorian can guard those guys, then you have more options for what you could do at the other spots. But if he can't, 
then Luca can't be guarding those guys. So you have to find somebody smaller who can. So that that's what I actually have a Dorian uh, Dorian stat. Something I feel like I tweet every single game is about how it's good offensive of an off, rebounds. offensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I actually looked this up and cause I, that was, that's just an eye test thing. Like I just feel like every game he gets like two or three offensive rebounds. So I looked up just total, total offensive rebounds at the all-star break. All right. So there's 38 players in the NBA that have over 100 offensive rebounders. Okay. Oh, rebounders, <laughs> rebounds. There's, so there's only 38 players that have over a hundred. Of those 38, there are only three players of those 38 guys that you would consider wings. Almost all of them are your like centers, traditional power forwards. Um, is Michael Kidd Gilchrist one of them? No, he's not. Is Torrey Craig one of them? <laughs> Stop. No. No, Torrey Craig's, those are both like really high re- offensive. Re- they're very high offensive rate on percentage. These are the only guys that you would consider and say wings. And not just height, because Montrezl Harold's one of them, but like you would still consider him like a four or five. Yeah, even basically. though he's six eight, six nine. Even though he's six eight, same as Dorian Finney Smith. So the three guys, Ben Simmons, Giannis, yeah, and Dorian yeah, and yeah, Dorian Finney Smith. <laughs> so like so and I'm and take for whatever weight you want to put into that, but that's just that that is proof behind the eye test of hey man, it feels like he gets like a ton of offense rebound. He really crashes the board stuff. And looking that up and looking at these total, I'm like, oh, who's who's kind of the best guys in the league? And man, and you know he's right up there. So it, it's really cool to see that because he does play majority of the time at three, you know, sometimes four, but. He's not a Harold Gobert, you know. He's obviously not in that. That he has to work extra hard for those rebounds. So, and has yeah. to put himself in position, has to, to crash the glass all the time on offense. For sure, for sure. And then he's guarding the best player on the other end, so he has to, you know, run back on that end too. So he can't give up any that way. All right, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, Isaac will give me another big question. All right, Isaac, before you give me another big question. Something I failed to do at the beginning of the show. Something I definitely wanted to do. If you're listening right now, Kyle Klish, we hope you have a happy birthday, man. Happy birthday! We don't normally do this. We don't normally give birthday shout-outs, but Kyle's girlfriend reached out to us on Twitter and said that he's a huge fan and he lives up in Oklahoma and he gets a lot of slack from... Um, from Thunder fans, and so we just wanted to let you know, man, we're we're here for you every single day. We're here for you with all the Luca love. We're here for you with the the Thunder hate. We'll hate on Westbrook for you if you want to. Hey, hey, come come any day. Just just all you gotta do is ask people in OKC, like, hey, did did Westbrook build Bricktown? <laughs> and OKC, I mean, we just need to uh, we need to know that or not, but uh, no, but Kyle Klish, man. man, I hope you have a great happy birthday, and I hope that you are listening to Locked On Maps today. That's what I hope. Let's hope it. This is, we're giving him a birthday shout out. So uh, <laughs> happy birthday, bro! Thanks for listening. All right, give me another big question. All right, so since I mentioned him a while ago, we have to have a question around Maxi, and this one's more broad and more open. But over these last twenty five games, and I don't know what exactly he can prove as much in yeah. these twenty five games, but is Maxi good enough to be a starter moving forward? Hmm. And I say it because we 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 love Maxi, and that was I wrote about him early in the year, and just about his big summer, and the organization loves him, and, and curse his jump shot. <laughs> I curse his jump shot, but it's came back some it has too. Come back. You're right. 
so I, uh, I actually have another stat for you, and this one's kind of harder to explain, but I looked up his spot-up shots on Synergy. And just to like what he's, you know, shooting in his spot-up shot attempts. And uh, I'm going to give you player A, or I'll give you Maxi. He's had 138 possessions, on spot-up possessions. He scored 147 points on 1.065 points per possession. And he's shooting 39%. Yeah, that doesn't feel very good to me. <laughs> uh, it's okay. He's shooting 39% from the field on those spot-up shots. Clay Thompson. How many of those are threes and how many of those are twos? Do you know? Stop it. No, I'm just giving you spot-up shots. Yeah, Quit asking on. <laughs> Quit being inquisitive. I'm just – I'm trying to make a point. Get off. Um, <laughs> Clay Thompson, 142 possessions. So four more possessions than Maxi in which he's had a spot-up shot. 138 points, .972 points per possession. Yeah, that's and shooting either. And shooting 37% from field goal percentage. So obviously I'm not saying he's a better shooter than Clay, but – where Maxi is as a six ten forward center type of you know prospect, not, how you call him even a prospect anymore? Like, yeah, the guy's twenty seven. Yeah, and he's been in the league for a couple years. So, well, he's but, been in the league two years, two years, couple, whatever. Um, but no, I, I where Maxi Maxi has grown a lot as a shooter to where teams respect it now. We we talk about it after games sometimes during games. We tweet out gifs and videos and stuff. You saw it against Nurkic, a slower, bigger guy like Nurkic when Maxi hits it. There was a sequence where he had two plays in a row in which Maxi hits this three at the top of the key and Nurkic, I mean, it tries to get out to it but he couldn't get out to it. The very next possession Maxi pump fakes the three. And since he hit the three, it obviously got Nurkic to go in the air. He went right around Nurkic and had this wide open two handed dunk right in the paint. That's what Maxi, you know, gives you at that position. But is he good enough to be a starter? We know the only two locks that we know that will be starting for the Mavericks next year. Mm, give them know, to me. Give them to me. <laughs> will be Luca and Chris Tapps. Yes. So, Outside of that, can Maxi prove enough over these next twenty-five, or is there something Maxi can do over these twenty-five games that proves that says, you know what? I don't know if we need to make a priority to find another big alongside Porzingis. That we think Maxi over this last course of the season proved that, yeah, we're going to go out and pay him, but we're paying him to be a starter alongside Porzingis. And whether, however you want to classify that as a starting four or a starting five, and because it gets really like iffy, because you would probably want Porzingis as your like quote air quote five in defense because he's more of a like an anchor, which but Maxi is a great def- defender too. But on like offense, you might want Kristaps at the four and Maxi at the five. And so it, it's either way they can play off each other. But biggest question is. Can Maxi prove these next 25 games, if their mind's not made up already, that he is a starter moving forward? Yeah, one of my questions was kind of more of um, Maxi's three-point shooting. And what what would he have to, to prove to, to earn himself a starting spot three-point-wise and, and, and shooting-wise? Because right now, what's he shooting? 33.5%. That's, that's below league average. Yeah. Below league average. So would he have to bring that up to about league average for for the Mavericks to feel 
more comfortable giving him that starting spot next year. And then there's something you brought up a, a little while ago. I don't know if you did it on a podcast or not, but the Mavericks playing Salah Meshery and starting Salah Meshery with Maxi mm-hmm. a little bit. Maybe they're trying to use that just on the defensive end, obviously, to, to try and simulate what Porzingis is going to bring defensively with, with Salah on the shot blocking. And, and honestly, they're built sort of the same way too with, with how skinny they are and just how tall they are. And playing Maxi next to him to see how that maybe would look functionally. And I think they're going to they're gonna look at that a little bit and try to see how that works and see how he, he works. Because we, we've seen Maxi be a help defender you know, here and there, but he's, he's been really good at just you know defending one-on-one against guys or switching on to, to somebody and getting a block shot off of somebody trying to drive past him. And so it'll be interesting. And, uh, and I, I haven't really dove into Porzingis tape on, on him as a defender, as far as, you know, like a help defender. I've seen him guard one-on-one. I've seen him obviously block shots, but I don't know exactly know who's a better guy, you know, as a, a help defender. So that'll be interesting. That is a very good question, too. Yeah, um, and, and rebounding is going to be key to that. And, yeah, for both and, those guys. Uh, of the of that duo, that front court duo, because Porzingis is obviously not known for his rebounding. He's a uh, pretty thin, not Nerlens thin, but he's pretty thin. And Maxi is, um, I, I would, he's not Nurkic thick, but he's not like he's not small either. He's like the in between. Like Nurkic stuff was banging against him, and he was holding his ground for the most part. But that that's the you know that's what they have to figure out is is he good enough to be a starter moving forward? Can their rebounding um, excel with those two together. Can it be and, passable? I think is the quick question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's unfortunate Porzingis is obviously not going to be on the court. In a perfect world, Porzingis would be out there. You'd yeah. get twenty some games out of both of them, and then you go into restricted free agency, knowing what you're willing to pay Maxi to be. You know, because they're going to have to make a choice if a team comes calling, offering him double digit, you know, millions per year, and they're like, "Crap, is that starters money?" And if it's not starters money, they got to ask the question. We we want them both back. We think they both will be back, but that that's the you know, they got to figure out is he good enough to be a starter. And we understand that there's a certain amount of money that teams can offer Maxi the first year, but we're talking about the the, sec- the second year. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, yeah, we understand that it, it is kind of complicated, but. There's only I think it's under 10 million the first year that teams are allowed to offer him, but then after that you can go up uh, to you know these double digit millions we've been talking about. It's a good question. The rebounding is going to be huge between the two of them, and you don't get to see it, but it's definitely going to be better than a Harrison Barnes Dirk starting <laughs> starting front court <laughs> as far as rebounding. <laughs> hey, can you imagine a team starting Harrison Barnes and a 38 year old Dirk Nowitzki as the their starting four or five? Ooh, no rebounding. Can you imagine 77 games of that? <laughs> I can. We did no. We did podcasts after all of them. We did. We did plenty of podcasts. All right, let's take another break, and when we come back, let's try to hit the rest of these questions. All right, yeah, we'll hit them faster. All right, Isaac, we are very good at taking a small, very small storyline and extending it for... I said, let's go... So, at first, this whole podcast idea started out with, let's do five questions each, right? And then yeah. as soon as we both said, as soon as I realized we both came up with questions, I said, well, we're probably going to take two questions and go 40 minutes. And we went 20. So <laughs> we were about Close. there. We were about there. Uh, well, let's, let's try to get to the rest of these questions. Um, okay. So I want a question on Tim Hardaway Jr. And I'm not going to focus on offense because we've said this a thousand times and I've been beating this drum. 
I feel like anything offense-wise, you almost got to throw out for him moving forward over this last 25 games. Because it's like I said before, he's being asked to be the second option scoring right now behind Luka. He has to be that. So he's going to be chucking up shots. He's going to be taking bad shots. Uh, He's going to be taking more threes and off the dribble threes and all this stuff. So I think some of his percentages, some of his decision making, all that stuff is going to be kind of skewed heading into next year because, and like we said before, he's he should go back down to being that third, fourth option uh, on the pecking order of scoring to where he should turn into, and this is my question, is can Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, be a very expensive 3 and D player? And that's over the over these last 25 games. I want to see how good of a defender Tim Hardaway is. I was being picky about Dorian's and saying, can he guard point guards? I just want to know how good of a defender <laughs> Tim Hardaway can be. We just want to know if he can defend. <laughs> yes, I don't care what position. So whether that's point guards, whether that's uh, wings, I mean, we that's something I've been watching over these few games that he's been here. Um, and just seeing, like, we've compared him to West, how just he's more athletic, more explosive, and all that stuff. But I just want to see that over the last 25 games. Is And if he's not, does that mean he can be a very expensive Jamal Crawford six-man off the bench over the, you know next year, possibly? Do they need another defender? Um, or is he passable on defense to where he can start alongside Luca and all that stuff? So that's what I want to see with Tim Hardaway Jr. Can he play defense? It's a very interesting question. And I'm going to take your first point to, you know, as far as you saying, we're going to take Tim Hardaway Jr.'s numbers over these next 25 games with a grain of salt. If, if he comes out and he starts, you know, like killing it, if he, if he gets over this kind of hump, he's been shooting the ball pretty bad to, to start um, his career with the Mavericks. He's 40% from the field, 18 shots a game. <laughs> Over the five games that he's played, 18 shots a game, shooting a 28.9% from three on 9.6 threes per game. Ooh. He is chucking it, like you, like you said. But if he can take that kind of volume, and maybe he gets, maybe that volume you know, is lowered a little bit, but can, if he can take that volume and start hitting consistently, if he can start becoming a better, if he, once he, finds himself in this Mavericks offense once he starts figuring out Rick Carlisle's system and all that kind of stuff. Can he can he be that that scoring punch off the bench or or do you want him to be that that kind of guy that, that takes over the, the scoring punch off the bench and doesn't isn't reliant on uh you know being the third option that needs someone else to make things happen for him. The Mavericks are definitely going to need another guy like that and can Tim Hardaway Jr. be that? And, yeah, and that's what you have to ask yourself of two of would it almost be worse if if he came out these last 25 games and like chucked and it a lot and and killed it and then he goes into the offseason thinking oh man i'm i'm lucas sidekick and then you got you're trying to figure this crap out when porzingis comes in and all of a sudden tim hardaway's 18 shots a game goes down to like 10 and he's pissed he's unhappy and but they really don't have a choice right now because they don't have another person to score so let me let me ask you something. Do you know how many shots a game JJ Barea was taking? I do not know. Eighteen. Was he really? He was taking eighteen shots a game. So you tell Demardo Jr. Look, historically off the bench for these Rick Carlisle teams with Jason Terry yeah. with JJ Barea, we have this guy that can you know sh- take a ton of shots off the bench. There's a bunch. There's a huge volume of shots to be taken coming off the bench. And either they're going to start him, and then he'll come off the bench. He'll be the first guy off, 
Uh, or the Mavericks, the last couple of games, we've been playing him the whole first quarter. And so he'll just ride out. The starters will go to the bench. Luca kind of goes to the bench a little early. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. then becomes the de facto number one option after the, all the bench players kind of check in one by one. And that's been kind of interesting subplot to see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good question. Give me another one. Um, Luca over these last 25 games, there's, there's really nothing he has left to prove. Like there's nothing over these last 25 games. I, I'm was sitting there saying, thinking I'm like, okay, what can he prove over these last 25 games? He can close games. He can like do it. Like in a, in a perfect world, most rookies, you're like, all right, I want to see if he can be clutch. You know, yeah. I want to see if he can take over big moments or I want to say, no, like he, he's, he's done it all. Like that there's nothing performance wise that I would like to see more. Even when it comes to like defense stuff, he needs to get better at that, but he's already been I better than we have expected. Yes. And I, I don't think over these last 25 games that, yeah, I, I no, I, I don't think, think he's going to be like Kawhi Leonard over these last 25 games, whatever. Or here's over my, his whole career. <laughs> true. Uh, here's my question about with Luca. Will he wear down and will he be injury free at mm. the end of the season? Mm. And I know he had his time off with, you know, over the summer and didn't play in summer league and all this stuff. But now he's obviously hit the ground running with the whole season. And a lot of people were joking at the beginning of the season is he fat? Is he all this stuff? And I think he's gotten in better shape as the season's, uh, you know, gone along. But these last 25 games, will we see him wear down some? If so, will that play into like his off-season conditioning? Like we we know he's gonna probably come into camp next year in better shape and all that stuff. But but still, I just want to see condition-wise and health-wise how he'll finish the year, and will there be some random little injury come up uh, out of just like a hamstring injury or something in a couple of weeks that sidelines him for a couple you know a week or two or. What are you trying to say? That he's going to come up with a random injury that came out of nowhere, and then the Mavericks are going to shelve him for a couple? What are you trying to say, Isaac? What are you What are you implying with that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I just want to see uh, his yeah his wear and tear over um, over the course of these last 25 games. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, the draft pick can only get so much better, Isaac. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Please no. All right, give me your last question. I'm with you on that right. one. Uh, free throws. Free throws is maybe one thing I can give Luca. And his shooting percentage is okay. He's shooting 43% from the field, just under 35% from three. So maybe give, give me some more efficiency. Um, okay. I don't care. I would rather him still check it up. If we're grasping at straws, I'm just going to say, hey, can you give me some more efficiency? You got- we're, right, we're right on that line of like, I mean, we're talking like a week out of a week past the all-star break that is going to probably determine our playoff fate or not. So like if it reaches that point, just start chucking them, bro. We just want, we just want to see them just fly. Um, I think I just asked him to, t- to make more shots. And I think the, <laughs> you were like, no, it's okay. Just, just, just take them. We don't care if you make them or not. <laughs> did you, well, you said efficient. Did you see, did you see Tim McMahon's tweet about uh, Dennis Smith jr. In the dunk contest about being efficient? No. What'd he say? He said efficiency was never his uh, strong suit. Um, <laughs> okay. He did always my, have a flair for the dramatic. Uh, my last question is more of a vague question, but over these last 25 games, uh, who on this current roster will be on the roster next year? Ooh, you want to just yeah. go through them? Yeah, well, just like, yeah, who who's, who will prove their 
they're worth to be on the roster next year. Who will prove their ilk. Okay, so let's go through. uh, I'm going to pull up their cap sheet real quick and just talk free agents. Um, Okay, Luca. Let's just do the givens. Luca, obviously. Yeah. Luca, obviously going to be on the team. Tim Hardaway Jr., obviously probably going to be on the team just because he's $20 million next year guaranteed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Justin Jackson, $3 million guaranteed. He's on the team next year. Yeah. uh, Yes. I was was asking. I'm not saying he's guaranteed or not. Okay, okay. Um, That that would be – I would put him as my, like, sixth question on what is he. Yeah. Well, he's a guaranteed contract, so I'm yeah, gonna but say like, he's on what, the team next year. What but. what is he as? A, I think okay. I think as Mavs fans, these past couple of weeks, I you know I love Justin Jackson. You know that, but that like comment, that comment from Zach Lowe about that he had heard around the league that people asking is he better than Harrison Barnes that has went through my mind so many times with these past few weeks. I'm like <laughs> that. You. That is one of the worst statements I've heard in a while. Like I don't care if you hate Harrison Barnes. Harrison Martins is clearly better than, than Justin Jackson right now. So, uh, but either way, um, are we yeah, sure though, be. Isaac, that, that was the question. The question was, are we sure? <laughs> uh, but sure. Let's just go ahead and pencil him in. Even though I think if it did go completely South, uh, they could find a taker for his first round, you know, money and all that. Stuff. For sure. Jalen Brunson guaranteed. Definitely going to be yes, in the roster next year. For sure. All right. So now we're going to go like Jalen. Jalen Brunson is a second round pick. And he is guaranteed to be on the roster next year over Justin Jackson being a year removed from being the 15th pick in the draft. And he's 6'8 in a wing. Drafting is weird, guys. Drafting is weird. It is. All right, the first – so, and then Courtney Lee is a guaranteed contract, but I'm not sure that this one is, is for real. Now. No. He's an expiring $12.7 $12. million expiring contract. I do not think he'll be on the roster next year. Ooh, like it, you don't think he'll be on the roster at all. You're leaning that way. I, I don't. I don't think he will. They haven't played him at pretty much at all, which is kind of weird. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's been kind of weird. I'm, I got to talk to him for a story coming up pretty soon, uh, really soon. And I, I'm yeah. that, hey, you better do it soon because he might not be on the roster. The rest of the- <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's one of the uh, questions I'm going to try to figure out. I'm like, bro, why are you not playing right now? Dwight Powell, $10.2 million player option for this summer. Yes, he'll be on the roster next yeah, year. Yeah, I I we have a good feeling about that, too. The Mavericks absolutely love him. Rick Carlisle loves him. Kristaps uh, Porzingis is another guarantee I didn't mention. Definitely yeah. definitely guaranteed, whether it's the qualifying offer or it's a longer-term contract. But which are you feeling right now? Oh, max money, long-term contract, every, every bit that he can possibly get. Uh, did you see his uh, new apartment thing uh, in Dallas? It looked nice. I saw him driving around in Dallas on Instagram today. He, he seems like he enjoys it. He posted this video of him like overlooking the balcony of his. Uh, it's looking overlooking Cloudborn Park downtown and talking about the beautiful view. And, it's nice. And he was at JJ Barea's son's birthday party. And yes, all how we how have we not <laughs> talked about that yet? JJ Barea's son Sebastian had a birthday party at the Mavs practice facility, and Kristaps Porzingis was there helping children dunk. <laughs> yes, yes, that tells you anything uh, if he's enjoying his time in Dallas right now. So that, that's cool. JJ Bridge hobbling around and Sebastian and the kids. They're, they're doing drills and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's super fun. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Ooh, unrestricted. No, I, no, I don't think he's going to be. Either. No, I don't think. JJ Barea, unrestricted free agent this summer. Uh, all signs point to him being back. So, 
I don't think it's a matter of another team. It's just a matter of does he want to come back and play basketball again. So, And I think the Mavericks would welcome him back with open arms, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of his recovery. And all absolutely. That. Lock it and he'll be on the Mavericks. Trey Burke, unrestricted free agent. I kind of put – okay, well, he's unrestricted, but uh, he. this is why I asked the question of who would be in the roster next year. If he gets a lot of run over these last 25 games, does he, he prove himself another contract? Does he prove himself to be, even though Brunson and JJ is on the roster, does he prove himself to fit into the system uh, so good that they look at it and be like, you know what? We need JJ Barea, like insurance. Like we don't know how he is and all this stuff with Brunson. Yeah. We, we might try to bring him back. So he's one of the guys I asked this question for. Devin Harris. Kind of like Justin, kind of like Justin Jackson, except Jackson has guaranteed money. Devin Harris, unrestricted free agent. I honestly have no clue about him. I just remember last year when uh, when he was a free agent, or this past summer when he's a free agent, one of the first things he said when he got to Dallas was, I got more calls to be a, a, a coach instead of a player. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really curious. I, have, I honestly have no clue what he'll do. No idea. He, he, I, think he, it would be, I think it would be in Dallas, uh, kind of like J.J. Barrett or retirement. Yeah, coaching at like Wisconsin or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing something like that. Solid measury. Um, which, by the way, he's on this cap sheet twice because he got waived and then picked back up, which is kind of funny. He actually made like five hundred grand by doing that. By them waiving him, they had to pay him, and then they had to sign him back again to pay him this new money. So secure that bag. He actually got a, a good little, uh, good little check for doing all that troubles. Um, I'm going to say who? I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go yes too. Yeah, uh, Ryan, you can never have enough Spanish speakers in the locker room. <laughs> Ryan Brokoff, he has a non-guaranteed one point four million dollars next year. Um, I'll put him in the same category as Trey Burke and Justin Jackson. Um, is what can he do over the last twenty-five games? Uh, if you ask me, yes or no, will he be on the roster? I would probably lean that he probably won't. Um, but. But I like him. I, I I wish he would get more playing time. I wish that over the last 25 games he would actually get some playing time to prove um, more yes. of what he can offer. Uh, he's got he's got sneaky hops. I'm not saying that just because he's white. But he, but he he's is got, white. He does have sneaky <laughs> hops. <laughs> also, he has a baby on the way. I just I just saw his, uh, yeah. his wife on Instagram. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, shout out to him. And uh, I think he's the next, like, Dorian and Maxi. I think the, he'll show some stuff, and then he'll be the next, like, undrafted phenomenon. Like Kyle Korver or something. Mini phenomenon. Uh, all right, let's do the last ones. Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba. Yeah, they'll both be on the roster. I agree. They're both restricted, and I think that they'll be on the roster next year. Guys, there you go. That's well, – did we Kostis. do four or five? Oh, Kostas and Daryl Macon. Uh, no. I don't think Daryl Macon. So but. I'm doing this video on uh, the Nuggets. I'm doing this breakdown of the Nuggets. Do you know who the Nuggets two two way players were last year? Tory Craig, Tory Craig, and Monte Morris, and now those are two of like their most important rotation players. Wow! Can you imagine hitting that hard on two two way guys like that? It's just weird because Dallas uh, interchanged them so much last year, and now they've had yeah. the same two dudes all year. So yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, you'd love to see these guys move up, and that's what that's what you're saying too. If if Daryl Macon, like, what if Daryl Macon turns into like the Trey Burke role, and you're like, oh, when we want him to be our like third slash fourth point guard uh, off the bench and stuff like that. Costas, does he play into Salah being back? Being back? 
with him yeah. being so young and being that tall, like also. So and since yeah, they already got Luca with Salah here, then and you can just move on from him. And since they haven't gotten Giannis yet, you have to keep Kosas. Right? <laughs> I don't think Kosas is going anywhere. I think he'll either be back on at a two way or he'll be on the roster next year. Um, Kosas Antetokounmpo, the last thing he just posted on Instagram. He did one of those ask me a question things. Someone said, are you single or taken? He said, LOL, single. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're going to leave you with. Guys, thanks so much for shoot listening. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, Coast. <laughs> Let's just hope it's a dunk instead of a jump shot. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.